0: Let's join together in prayer. Precious God, thank you for your presence, your spirit, your love. Thank you for the many varying ways that we can celebrate you outside in the beautiful California weather or at home on our computers. Precious God, we thank you for the many ways that you connect us. Even over the radio waves, the Holy Spirit takes this message and shares it with so many. Precious God, be real, be with us. Amen. Um, just a, a few announcements. I, I we, We've gotten back into the place that I have to announce meetings and stuff, and I have the pleasure to tell you there's no meetings next week, unless that you join us for the Bible study on, uh, on the internet. It's uh, a, a calm week next week, so uh, we all deserve it. I, I will share with you my very deep gratitude for um, um, SPRC checking in on our dear friend Mercedes, and... And trustees making sure everything's in place, and the finance working hard, making sure that the funds are together. Even even our dear friend Raquel here during the week disinfecting chairs. So there's there's all sorts of things that everyone is doing, and I'm just grateful for every bit of it. So thank you. I will keep you up to date. Keep looking at your emails. I sent an email out to the chairs of the church about something that I'm praying about. And I need to pray about it a little bit more before I speak about it more, more loudly. But it fits in with something that I've shared with you, our necessity of saying, how do we do missions anyway? So uh, just be in prayer over that phrase, how do we do missions anyway? And we'll work together and we will keep helping people out that need it. And we'll keep being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's move into our time of prayer. We have heard your words through your parables. We come now to hear yet again. From generation to generation, you have granted your people miracle upon miracle. Grant us the miracle of your presence as we enter into the heart of worship. Today, as we move into our time of of prayers Many, many varying uh, prayers have come through, and as you're, you're getting used to the, the, the uh, format of this service, I, I try to break them into different prayer sections. The first collection of prayers that I received this week was prayers for needs in our families, uh, we, and one of the coolest needs is to pray for new married couples, and Raquel sent me a, a message about her daughter getting married. So uh, praise, uh, prayers of perseverance and strength for her daughter to deal with her husband. Also, uh, uh, continued prayers for Cindy's daughter and son-in-law who are front frontline caregivers. Prayers for Mary Sulak's son and granddaughter. Uh, prayers for Chaplain Taylor and his daughter. There, There is some unique, needs and just prayers of love and and support for for the for the Taylor family continued prayers for Valerie Pemberton's cousin Carol she is had had a stem stem cell transplant on the 18th and then also prayers for for Mrs. Tillery's foot and and Paul's son so let's take a moment of silent prayer as we pray for those and our families who need care and comfort. Oh, and also, um, also please add into this
1: uh, Raquel's mom.
0: Lord, in your mercy, here are our prayers. We, we hold out prayers for uh, healing and comfort, and uh, Raquel's mom would, would fit into to that section, prayers of healing and comfort. Also, prayers for Don and Marie's daughter, Sarah, um, who is dealing with a, a cancer diagnosis. Prayers for Les's daughter, who is dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Uh, Prayers for Crystal's brother, Tad, who is uh, beginning autoimmune therapy uh, this coming week. And also just prayers for all of of our friends with surgery. Miss Jan is moving around well with just a, a cane today. And we talked about Gretchen earlier going through her therapy and everything. So let's move into a time of silent prayer for prayers of healing and comfort. Please be in prayer. Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. I'll share with you a a story of of my years as a youth director as I explain the next one. When when we used to have youth group uh, going through the years, there was always these kids that were quiet. They were quiet through the whole time together. And it was like pulling teeth to get them to share. And I tried to figure out some ways to get them to share anything just to to speak at all during the youth group meetings. And one of the things that I taught them, especially during prayer time, is the power of the Holy Spirit. And my favorite promise of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit has the ability to transform our moans and our groans into words of prayer to God. So I, I taught them this practice of unspoken prayers because I I didn't want them to not say anything. So we'd get the prayer time, and some kid would pray about their grades. Some kid would pray about their boyfriend breaking up with them. And then there would be one kid that would say unspoken. And when the words unspoken came across, it was, you know, I don't know how to say this, but I know that God understands what my heart is feeling right now. So this last grouping of prayers is a prayer of world concerns for the unspoken moans and groans of the hearts that we see existing. We see them exist through outbursts. We see them exist through people crying. If, if you're on Facebook, we see them exist through people, uh, ranting against the world on social media. We, we see it, but we don't know, always know how to voice it or to make the words form what we're actually feeling. So, this, this moment of, of prayer, say a very special prayer for the unspoken requests that exist. Please be in a place of prayer. God of heaven and earth we join you today ready to listen to the parable you share with us our hearts are ready to sing your praises and celebrate your holy name unite our hearts as one even when we feel alone in our celebration and give us the capacity to love your name with every beat of our hearts in your name we pray amen Time for the prayer of assurance. God has granted us miracle upon miracle. The future generations may continue to believe in God's amazing name and miraculous grace. In this grace, we are forgiven and reclaimed yet again. Our scripture today comes from Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 23 through 32. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus. We don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. When the first said to him, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son, And said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what the father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven before you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So who gave you the authority? There is a really intense conversation that's taking place right now between Christ and the chief priests and the elders. If you really look at this situation culturally, there are a lot of loaded questions that are being asked by the chief priests and the elders so that they can work around some way to disprove the importance of Christ. These conversations are not as much about trying to get Christ to, explain to them, reveal to them why that he can do these things and who empowers them, they're looking for words to use against Christ so that they can hold on to the power that they have and not have that power taken away. There's a lot of fear that is taking place in this conversation between the chief priests and the elders and Christ. They're worried. They've had levels of importance in their lives, and that level of importance has given them an identity. That level of importance has given them a stature. It's given them power. It's given them a reason to go out and to be and to lead. It makes them important. Sometimes when we look at the loss of power, we're not looking at the loss of someone who's greedy that wants to have strength or control. Sometimes we see situations where individuals start to worry that they will begin to lose importance. Importance is a very empowering thing. When a person has a responsibility to live with, to work through, to follow, they're important. They have a reason to go out and to interact and communicate. So many times I have heard sermons talked about this, and they paint the image of the chief priests and the elders as, as villains. I love the imagery of the Holy Spirit moving through the tent. <laughs> we see the imagery. We, I, I have seen many times the chief priests and the elders be painted as villains trying to disprove Christ. And in many situations, that's true. But I want us to see it through a different set of eyes because sometimes people aren't always mean and loud because they're losing power because it gives them benefits. Some people get scared and worried that they'll be forgotten because if they lose power, they lose importance. And if they're not important, they'll be forgotten. I want us to think about that as we look at this. I always try to find a way to paint even the villains in a, in a positive light because it's not always what we assume that's happening, that's happening. The more that we look at the world of conflicts through a different set of eyes, that even the people that disagree with us have a level of truth within what they're saying, hopefully that we can begin to move to places so that we can hear what individuals' hearts are saying more than the words that we disagree with. Today, as we look at these questions from the chief priests and the elders, yes, many of them are profiting quite well from their power yes many of them have strength to make decisions that they don't want to use and there may be some who have identities who have a place of importance and they just don't want to be forgotten as everything is beginning to change i want us to look at the the first prayer idea it's the places of fear of the loss of importance and the places that we need to share that importance. Christ is beginning to reshape where to look for leadership. Christ is beginning to reshape where to look for power. Power is not something that's created by human hands. It's created by God through the acts of grace through Jesus Christ. And as Christ begins to have this conversation, with these leaders to reshape where that we see the source of importance. We also hear Christ talking to these same people in later conversations, talking about what it means to be a part of the entire body, talking about what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And as in this conversation, Christ is shifting away the importance that they're trying to hold on to. Christ does come back to have conversations about how, that they are still important, and they still have a place in the greater kingdom of care. So at this moment of prayer, let's pray for the places where people feel like that they're losing importance, but also pray for the ways that Christ restores that importance in our lives. Please be in a place of prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. There's also a piece of this conversation that exists within the reality that the chief priests and the elders are fighting for what they understand and what they feel is important and what they feel is the right way. There's this challenge when Christ comes into the world, Christ overturns even our own personal expectations. He just doesn't become the sacrificial lamb to give us a clear path to the glory of God's heaven, but Christ also comes to reshape the way that we look at importance. We have these leaders, the elders and the chief priests, who have always seen power as those who are in charge. But Jesus Christ comes into the world and he begins to explain power through the realm of sacrifice and giving. Christ is the one who doesn't take the strength, but Christ begins to show true power and true leadership by being the one who passes that strength on to others. It becomes a very crucial and important part of the end of this conversation as Christ begins to use as the example as the tax collectors and the prostitutes are the ones who will enter the kingdom of heaven before these individuals, because Christ begins to use the image of the people that the chief priests and the elders saw as the less than, the ones who didn't, the ones who can't, the ones who should be pushed aside, as the true examples of what it means to open our hearts and to be transformed, to give away power and to receive it, to find it in new ways. Christ is trying to change the chief priests and the elders' expectations of what power truly is so that he can shift everything around and become the one who goes to the weak and the lost and empowers them to be the hands and feet of salvation. At this time, let's take a moment to pray for the places that we have to set aside what we understand so that we can see what God is trying to reveal to us. Please be in a moment of prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Here's the real challenge that Christ is trying to reveal. Everything that the elders and the chief priests had was given to them by earthly means. There was someone who had power, who passed that power on to them to lead, to guide, and to direct. Everything was of an earthly basis in their empowerment. Jesus Christ asked this question about John the Baptist to begin to challenge him to look at where the true source of strength and salvation comes from. When that he asked the question about John the Baptist, the only thing that people knew about John the Baptist was that he was the weird, unclean, smelly guy that ate locusts and came out of the woods and screamed at people. But when Christ asked where does he get that strength, they don't have that it came from Caesar. They don't have that it came from the Senate. They don't have that it came from the rulers of the kings. They just know this loud, scary guy who came out of the woods and yelled at him and opened a door that came with a path of salvation. As Christ begins to push them to think about the heavenly source of this strength, Christ is pushing them to realize that it's not the strength and the power that were are given It's the grace and love that we are provided through God that sparks change and hope. So at this time, as we move into our last section of prayer, there's so many times in our lives that I look for my solution to things. This is what I have to do, ABC, to take care of this issue. And sometimes there are issues that come along that I don't have an ABC source And I literally have to have that moment where I let go and let God. And when we get to that moment of letting go and letting God, we stop trying to apply our earthly understanding of a solution. And we let God take over to open doors that we never dreamed of before. Hold that in your prayer as our last prayer
1: for this sermon.
0: Gracious God, your words are gifts to our lives. In return, we bring our living offerings to you so that your words may continue to spread far and wide. Blessings and glory to your name. Amen. At this time, we'll move into our time of communion and the celebration of the grace that can only come through the actions of salvation through Jesus Christ. We, cannot produce an earthly answer to what Jesus Christ has done. Through our actions of justifying grace in our Wesleyan tradition, we proclaim that Jesus Christ has sparked something to happen, and the only thing that we can do is to reach out and respond to it. We can't produce it on our own. It's only produced by the love of Christ, and we have the opportunity to respond to that grace. Today, as we practice these gifts of bread and cup, we celebrate what only Jesus Christ could do. On the night in which that Christ gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he held up the bread and he shared it with those around him and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. On that evening, he also took up the cup He raised up the cup and he passed it to those around him and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my covenant with you, unending through all time. So today through these gifts of bread and cup, we celebrate the gifts of Jesus Christ and we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Please celebrate the gifts of Jesus Christ. And as we celebrate the gifts of Jesus Christ, we hold the prayer in our heart that Jesus Christ taught us Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's move into a time to celebrate our closing benediction. As the generations before you have done, go and deliver God's word to those who need to hear them. Go forth and live out what God has blessed you to do. Amen.
1: Oh, it's always going to be cool.